sponsored ads. Hello, do you like audiobook? Get free audiobook. Link in the description below. How does one lead a meaningful life? Because ultimately, isn't that what we all want? We want to lead a life so that however we transition, people can say, wow, that was a bright one. That was a bright light. First of all, I think that it comes from a deep sense of awareness about who you are and why you're here. It comes from being in touch with on a regular basis, the appreciation and the holy gratitude that should fill each of our hearts on a regular basis, just knowing what a privilege it is to be here and to be human. Let's just think about this day, this day that you have been graced to breathe in and out thousands of times, this day where many of those breaths were taken for granted. You just expected the next one to come. But the truth is there's no guarantee that the next one comes. This day, how you started your day, what your thoughts were this morning, how you've carried yourself through this day, how you've been allowed to have encounters and experiences, some challenging, some more life enhancing, that pushed you forward another day of being here on the planet Earth as a human being. Just think about that. After all you've been through in this day alone, in the many days and years past, how you got here to this prestigious, esteemed university, the choices you made, that have brought you to this day. Open your heart and quietly to yourself. Say the only prayer that's ever needed. The foundation for meaning and purpose in your life is to bring yourself back to your breath in all situations, in all ways, in all challenges, to know that the value of just still being here matters. It's really big that you're here. It's really big. Because everybody here has been called from the ethers to do the will to fulfill the highest expression of yourself as a human being and to do that in truth. How do you do that? Well, I think you let every step you take move you in the direction of the one thing all religions can agree on, and that is love. In all the conversations I've had with so many people over the years um, who run the gamut of all kinds of emotions and emotional dysfunctions, I've come to understand that what Marianne Williamson said is true. There's really only two emotions that count, and that's love and that's fear. And in all of your movements through life, 
you're either moving in the direction of one or the other. In order to have a meaningful life, you have to choose love. And not the schmaltzy daltzy kind of love, but the kind of love that really counts. The kind of love that when everything else is going wrong and nobody even knows you're choosing it, you choose love. The kind of love that says, I'm here for you no matter what, you choose love. The kind of love that means you make the right decision even when you know the other person is wrong. You choose love because love is not just, um, it's, an, it's, it's a verb. And it's everything that represents kindness and grace and harmony and cooperation and reverence for life. So when you choose, when you have, you're in a situation where you are mad, you are mad and you know that they are wrong. If you can go to that space of the breath in God, I move and breathe and have my being and make the choice just to move a little closer in the direction of that which is going to bring you grace, that which is going to honor yourself. And by honoring yourself, you can't help but honor the other person. I have learned to choose love over fear, to choose love and peace rather than choosing to be right. That was a big lesson for me. When you realize that all your name, your form, and everything you see is provisional, two things happen. To some people, they have immediate, what we could only metaphorically call the dark night of the soul. They go into a deep depression because everything they thought was real is no longer real, including their own name, form, body, and mind. Some people get so scared that they have a bad trip. Some people cross that threshold and discover nirvana or <laughs> enlightenment. And they say, wow, I thought I was, I was squeezed into the volume of a body in the span of a lifetime, but I'm a timeless being that can morph myself into any experience, including the human experience, which is amazing. But the human experience is also that which causes existential depression. So the causes of human suffering, since you brought it up, are brought up in Eastern wisdom traditions as, number one, you suffer because you don't know who you are. You confuse yourself with your body-mind experience. Number two, you grasp and cling at experiences which are evanescent and transitory and dreamlike. You say, what happened to your childhood? It's over. What happened to yesterday? It's over. What happened to five minutes ago? It's over. What happens to these words? By the time you hear them, they don't exist. So, you know, Wittgenstein, the German philosopher said, we are asleep. Our life is a dream. But once in a while, we wake up enough to know that we are dreaming. So what do you wake up to? When you cross this threshold, you wake up to your true self, which uh, is not body or mind, but the awareness in which that experience is happening. So grasping and clinging at a dream is the second cause of human suffering. The third is uh, being afraid of anything that's unpleasant, pain, abandonment, being treated by someone uh, not respectfully. So that's, you know, there's aversion to certain experiences. Third cause of suffering.
Fourth is identifying, which is related to with your ego identity. And fifth is the fear of death. Now they're all connected. They're all the same fear. And they are not knowing who you are. This is the biggest question that humans or everybody should be asking. Who am I? What am I? Am I the changing experience of this body, which is a perceptual activity? Am I the experience of the changing mind or the changing personality? Because you don't have the same personality when you were a kid or maybe even 10 years ago. What is it at the basis of this? When you start that reflective self-inquiry, ask yourself, who am I? What do I want? What is my purpose? What am I grateful for? Go into the stillness of meditation, you have what wisdom traditions have called revelation, revealed truth. Now, you know, that sounds very grand. I would say just call it insight. You know, meditation, mindfulness, uh, awareness of body, awareness of mind, awareness of mental space, awareness of the web of relationship, awareness with that which we call the universe. It leads you ultimately to the awareness of awareness. And when you discover that, that's nirvana. There are many ways to get the things that we want for ourselves in our lives. But basically, it all begins with how we choose to think. As you think, so shall you be. Seven little words that I think are perhaps the most important things that we can learn and master in our lives. This old proverb notion that I become what I think about all day long. And once you know that what you think about is what expands, you start getting real careful about what you think about. You don't allow your thoughts to be on anything that you don't want or that you wouldn't want to have manifest or show up for you in your life. Sponsored ads. Hello, do you like audiobook? Get free audiobook. Link in the description below.